Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Welcome to the Hot Take Hot Box, the triumphant return to the Hot Take Hot Box. I even have a blazer on to represent this momentous occasion. My name is Matt McSweeney. Um, if you clicked on this and you watched it, you were watching me for the first time. Thank you. This is going to be about. This is going to be a lot of sports, a lot of me ranting, since it is just me solo. You know, I will be doing a lot of talking. So, uh, and I thank you, everyone, for listening. I thank you to everyone uh, who has joined me before. Um, I haven't done these in a while, so I guess I'm going to be a little rusty. I thought I felt like I was getting okay at them for a while, but maybe some of them, people have listened to them before. I, actually, I thought I sucked before, but you know, I thought I was good at the time. Hoping here's the hoping now that's going to be a little bit different. Um, and there you go again. I wanted I want to say um a little bit less because I feel like that was a problem. I I tried to try to do some self scouting. I wish the Eagles would have done that a little bit more. But I, I wanted I want to do a little bit of self scouting and try and try not to be as you know uh, jittery and nervous as uh, I even brought notes today. Uh, I'm trying to come prepared. Uh, thank you for anyone, uh, like I said, joining me. Uh, I didn't really want to do too much of an intro. I don't, not very good at the intros, <clears throat> but I do like talking about sports, and I'm very passionate about just getting my, you know, voice out there and just speaking my opinion. I, I think uh, it's it would be stupid. Why not? You know, like we all can talk. Who cares if right or wrong? Whatever. It's all for fun in my mind. When you talk about sports. Um, that's why I don't like to really get into the arguments of politics and whatnot, because that is not in good fun. Everyone just gets mad at each other, and sports, you know, people get mad at each other, but I've, it, at the end of the game, at the, at the end of the day, you're talking about a game, uh, wins, or, wins or losses, and, you know, it's not life or death or societal issues that we're talking about here, for the most part. So... With all that said, and I don't know why any of that was said, but uh, that's how it is. I want to talk about the Eagles. I want to start with the Eagles. I'll do the Sixers. I'll do the Phillies. Uh, yeah, I'll do everything. All right, UFC. I got to talk about McGregor. I have to fa face the face the beast. Because for anyone who doesn't know, I am a <clears throat> I am a huge Conor McGregor fan, and uh, I have been for some time, but. Yeah, this Saturday was not good for you know for stockholders in the Conor McGregor uh, fan fan area. So uh, the Eagles horrible season four eleven and one. They fired Doug Peterson. All I Doug Peterson whatever. Okay, there's so much you can talk about, but I guess let's start start with all right. They hire Nick Sirianni. I can't be mad about that. And I don't even really, I don't even really, you can't be mad. I was mad about the point they hired Doug Peterson that goes to show how right or wrong I was. But I just didn't think like they, I guess this is just how the Eagles do. I think they want head coaches that they can control and not a guy ever since Chip who's just going to come in and rock the boat. They want a guy who is steady and even keel. And I guess with Doug, it got, it got pretty stale. He wasn't making, like, Play calling it was a big complaint from people I saw, and just he didn't. It, <clears throat> to me, at the end, when even though he got, I was mad that he got fired. He gave he gave off to me. Gabe Kapler, 
Brett Brownish, like, you know, we're not much better with him or without him. Like, I, what is the big difference that he's making currently right now? Not saying what he what he has done in the past is, you know, that's written in stone. I'll never, I don't have a bad word to say about him. But, I mean, and if you, not even a but, you think about it, he's, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a job right now. I thought he was going to get scooped up right away. They people did not want to do that. So I guess a year off. He, I was hearing he was going to be the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks. Whatever. Not even really a conversation about Doug. They hired Nick Sirianni. He's a younger guy. He's thirty nine ish, forty ish, right? Like right around there. Doesn't really matter. But he's been in the system for you know a very long time. He's worked under Frank Reich, and I think I, I think. On the surface, they're showing you, you know, they want to, <clears throat> I guess, model themselves after the Colts. That's what, that's how Frank Reich, you know, or, or that's that's where we, Carson Wentz had his most success when Frank Reich was here. And they want to, you know, redo that. Just a cheap redo of, of what we did in 2017. But, I don't, I don't, the more that they hire these people and the, like, what really is questionable is that the Brian Johnson, I believe he's going to be the quarterbacks coach. Uh, he was the former offensive coordinator for the Florida Gators, uh, quarterback at Utah and everything. But he like that that relationship that he has with Jalen Hurts. It, he, he's known him since he was like four years old. Recruited him out of high school. I said that I heard something today that he like even babysitted them at some point. So what? Like, what is that? If you're really trying to resurrect Carson, obviously, from everything you've been hearing, the Jeff McLeans and all those guys are saying that this guy is a, essentially just, like, uh, uh, he can't handle, like, his me- mentally, he's weak. He, all the, uh, it just seemed like he, he wasn't able to receive criticism. All the rumors that we've heard before, they were just rehashed in there. And it feels like, well, you know, the typical where there's smoke, there's fire. The more you hear about this stuff, the more you think that this has to, like, there has to be some some truth to this. That guys, like, the the guys, some of these guys in this locker room seem to gravitate to these other quarterbacks as opposed to Carson Wentz. And why is that? Why is he get progressively getting worse? Is it the coaching? Is it really, is that really what it is? I want to know what the path back is. How How is the path back? And I don't think the path back is hiring that guy like can is he the guy who's gonna like or are we just basically setting up the groundwork for the for the Jalen Hurts era to come come in and take over because I've been a hater of Jalen Hurts my the whole time but the guy showed that he is at least get with the money he's being paid and the contract and everything it's way different you give that guy a chance I'm fine with that give him a chance let's figure it out let's see but who, like, it's confusing. It's confusing. Because I, rolling with Carson again, running the same thing back and doing the exact same thing does not make much sense to me. I think, we, I, how, I, I just want, like, that's what my question keep, I keep, I keep asking. And it seems like from the, uh, from the McLean story that was really, like, I, I read that and it really, like, Opened my eyes to some of the things that like were just going like 
the guys, the the riffs that were going on in inside the like the head, the coaching thing. Carson and Doug were barely even meeting. They were not even like not really talking to each other. Press Taylor was not even like he was the he was supposed to be Carson's boy, but he I can't even say anything to him to you know like I guess ridicule or you know try to coach him because the coaching is basically saying what you're doing wrong and fixing it. That's the whole point. And Carson, from what I'm, from, not what I'm being told, but from what everyone, what I'm hearing, is not very receptive to that at all. So how, how can you can, how do you think that's going to get better? That's not going to get better. He's a grown ass man now. It's not going to get better. And he's the leader. He's the leader of your football team. He's the number one guy. Your franchise quarterback. You're going to build around a guy, who, obviously. You know, can't be can't handle a benching. Hasn't talked to the media since. Skipped out on his last, uh, you know, little, you know, media closing exit, you know, interview or whatever. Head coach gets fired. Guy he you know had success with and you know won a Super Bowl. Although he didn't play, he won. He won the Super Bowl. No, nothing on social media. Nothing. And he hasn't said anything to deny these trade rumors since then. What does that tell you? Where is that guy's head at? Is he? Are his feelings still hurt? That's what it feels like to me. He feels like, even with, <clears throat> excuse me, even with Doug Peterson, fired, you know, fired and gone. That that's what everyone said that that was the problem. But maybe it goes deeper than that. Maybe he still holds resentment for the Jalen Hurts thing. They said he he didn't initially, but it seems like he is. It seems like he's angry. How do you rectify that? Is that all on Sirianni now? Sirianni has to rectify that. He has to come in here and deal with this like inner strife and beef, I guess, that's going on. And I, I and I think what could rectify a lot of all of this, just to start with, is if you fire Roseman. That's always been that's that's the number one problem right now. Roseman is the problem. He builds this team. He he puts these players in. And the excuse now I I saw that was he uh, he built the team in the image of Doug, and that they now they were listening to uh, that Carson was was putting input on guys he would want and he he would like to have in there. Come on, man. That's a sound of refreshing H two O. But I, you know who do you believe? Has 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 Howie Roseman really ever drafted that well? You can look. I I don't. Have, you know today's not the day, but you can go and uh, people have done it. Look into all the picks that he's done. You know all all his all the picks he's responsible for as the general manager. And I, I if you look at just his record, other than I mean twenty seventeen, he did everything right. From the beginning of that offseason until the, the very end, you know, he did everything right. And that's why he won executive of the year. And that's why he has the cash, you know, the cachet within you. Like, that, that's what helped him. I mean, apparently he he still had, even though he got sent to the other room and he was in the windowless office across the NovaCare Center, he still got his job back and he still came back. And now we're in the same, the, the same situation. Except we fired another head coach. But that guy this time had won a Super Bowl before. 
So, I mean, they so they hire Nick Sirianni. No, you know, no disrespect or, you know, for anything of the hire. I mean, that guy could that guy could be a great coach. He he very well could be, but who I I just don't. It's such a like, like shoulder shrug hire, to me. The only thing I do like is he's putting together a a nice staff. He is, and it's it's pretty young. That's the staff is you know. All under forty as from what I saw, from from the, you know, from some of the high from the main hire you know the. The head coach, DE coordinator, special teams, all all that, or quarterbacks coach, I think was the other one that I saw. I, I'll put I, if I can find the tweet, I'll put it up on the screen. You know, those guys, the all young guys, try to maybe re, you know put a little pump a little life into the you know to the culture and into the offense especially because the offense has been boring for years, boring probably since Frank Reich left. It cannot be. It can't be a bad thing. I'm just questioning whether it's going to be a great or good thing. It could, and like I said, it's just a guy that they can control. So I'm worried that he's going to get his shoes squeezed and he's not going to be able to actually spread his wings the way he may want to. He may see that Carson is not the guy for us, and he may not be able to make the the decisions that he wants, but. But like I said, it's just a confusing. I, I I don't really have a good read on them right now because I feel like they're saying one thing and doing another. Obviously, Carson is. It's going to be Carson getting traded is much harder than much easier said than done. But I think that that would to me that would be your best route to so just try to get out from under that, start over, start fresh, and just you know move on, just move on. It does. It's not. It didn't work for anyone. It's not working for anyone right now. That, that, not that it didn't work, but I'm saying like right now, it is not working for anyone. He's getting paid too much money, and he doesn't like it here. He's not having fun. He's not happy. That's all I have on Wentz and all the Sirianni nonsense. Um, you know, they talked about a couple guys. I thought what I thought was interesting is the Bienemies and the Brian Dables of the world didn't really, yeah, you know, get jobs. Uh, which I was shocked because going into the whole coaching process, they were they were like the number one, you know, seem guys that everyone was considering. I did want to touch on the draft for a quick second since <clears throat> that is a part of all this, and I did just mention how Howie doesn't really draft well. What I would like to see happen. I feel like it. It's such a typical. And I, I mean, I would love the best player available, which whoever that may be. I feel like there's a lot of good players at the top of this draft that you can get. I doubt that they're going to go quarterback. If Justin Fields were to fall, I would consider it. But you have. I'm doing your homework is the number one is the number one thing. You got to know everything. And that's Ben Howie's job, and he apparently is drafting these good guys who can't play. The J.J. Ortega-Whitesides of the world, Davion Taylor, uh, Jalen, I mean, Jalen Rager, not, not so much, but, you know, he, he's in that, in that vein, in that, in that <clears throat> conversation. 
it, it, I, we just have to pick the best the best player and a wide receiver. I would like I would obviously love Jamar Chase. I would love Devontae Smith. I would love Penny Sewell, which uh, I think we offensive line would not hurt a good a, you know a, that a left tackle like that. Uh, Mika Parsons, I really like. I would love a linebacker of any sort, and you know that's at six you're gonna get a good player. You're gonna you're gonna get a a real good uh, quality shot. Not that you're gonna not that you're guaranteed, but you're gonna get a good shot at one, and you better not miss. You better you better hit on it, and you better you better make the best of it. I think the last time we drafted this high was probably Lane Johnson. Right after I think Andy Reid got fired, I I could be wrong, but I I feel like that's right off the top of my head. That's the and they hit on that. That guy's still here. That guy's still producing, you, you know, for what it's worth. So I I I feel like they can make a big splash here, and that's really what I'm looking at right there. Long, uh, offensive line, obviously needs help. Wide receiver, we need a weapon. We we need a one hundred percent weapon. I would love to get Najee Najee Harris, but obviously you're not going to get him at six. But I I want another running back. Uh, for me, I I feel I want to. I always want to pound the rock and run the ball. And get, you need more than mile one guy, more than a guy like Miles Sanders. You just need help. Not to say that he couldn't be the feature back, but you just need. I feel like you just need constant. That's that's what won us the Super Bowl. We had so many running backs in, and and we had an unbelievable offensive line. That even when guys got hurt, guys were popping in and they were making it happen. That made it easier for whoever's playing quarterback. That's why that run pass option's always, you know, hitting. Because they were worried that the guys, they were going to hand the ball off to LeGarrette Blunt or somebody and he was going to pound the rock up the middle for 20 yards. That's all I got on the birds. Uh, move, I'll move on to the Sixers. I don't, and the Sixers, I don't think I have a more of like a, more of just some sweeping... Sweeping regards and statements. I think that they're it's, they fire. Obviously, you fire Brett Brown. You bring in Doc Rivers. You bring in Daryl Morey. You you just revamp and you give you give. That's a like what the Eagles I think are, are could have kind of done like breath of fresh air and just revamp the culture and just like except with the Sixers they have the they have the roster and players in place. They have enough you know guys there that you can make. A you know a championship run. We we've oh that's what we've always thought, and they just never they've never shown us anything that they were even coming close to that. They the, we're getting, we're getting bounced by Boston all the time, and it's just it feels disgusting every year. We're not even and we're getting worse when we're playing these teams. You know we we uh, other than the Raptors year and we had you know but, Jimmy Butler the the first year in Boston with the Marco Bellinelli shooting the the. The confetti and we lose in five games. Now this this past year we get swept. We we just wanted some we wanted some new just life like we wanted something to be excited about. It felt like we we tanked and everything and we were going in the wrong direction. We were going down going down the tubes again and like how how are we gonna do this again? Did we just waste all of that time for these guys to just lose in the second round and be done? But they bring all those guys in and it brings new hope. New new energy, guy like Seth. They make trades. Get Al out of here, thank God. <laughs> out of here, you traitor. I, I I gave I gave that thing every chance that it could. I, I was against it from the from the second it started, but you know people convinced me. Listen, man, it's the Sixers. You know, we needed a backup center, which we did. Well, let's see. You know, 
And it was funny, by the time the season was ending, Al couldn't even play backup center. He couldn't even get on the floor. He was horrible. If it just felt like once that season ended, he, you know, I just realized that the light in front of me is not on me, which, what is the point of that? But, Al couldn't even get on the floor. And, like, at the how does that happen? How are you with a... Al couldn't even get on the floor. He's like the, what, $100 million man, at least? I don't even remember how much it was. It was like 25, 20, something, 28 a year. It, it, I, I've erased it from my memory because I never want to think about it again. It's the same thing with, like, Andrew Bynum and all those guys. Erased it. Treated Vucevic and Mo Harkle. What? Who? Arnett Moultrie? What? No. Get out of here. I don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. You had to get him out of here. He had to go. He 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 was weighing us down, not only salad, monetary and salary cap-wise, but just on the floor. He was horrible. And just by eliminating him off the team, no matter what you get for him, makes you a better team. So that was the first step. They had Seth Curry, who is a better shooter than Josh Richardson. He doesn't play defense as well. And he's a. I think he's a better... If, him and J.J. Redick, I would love to see that battle. And I would love to acquire J.J. Redick. I feel, I feel like that would be an incredible addition to have him come off the bench and do what he did before off of Embiid and Dwight Howard picks. Having Dwight Howard, that was another move I, I forgot about. Dwight Howard, that... Talk about the backup center. He does everything that we wanted Al Horford to do. He just he cleans the glass, plays defense, and just plays his role. Does what he needs to do, shooting free throws from like, you know, ten feet behind the free throw line. It's incredible. I I love I love this Sixers team, and I I get excited. They play the Lakers tonight. This will come out after that, probably during or after that game. But I, I you know I obviously think they're gonna win. I think they're yeah, I think they're gonna win every time Embiid's playing. I have that much <clears throat> excuse me. I have that much faith in that guy. I, I believe in him as much as I've believed in pretty much any player. He he brings it he, and he has bad obviously he has bad games, but you just know what you're getting when he's when he's on and and he's awesome on the defensive end and he does everything on offense for the team. The whole entire offense runs through him. If Curry's getting open shots, it's off the picks from him. And guys have to double team him. He can find a guy to find another guy. He just he he opens it up for everyone. One thing that has been holding us down a little bit has been Ben Simmons. He has, again, not made the step that everyone's expecting him to do and everyone wants him to. That's not that's not unexpected from me, because he's shown you what he is. He's not ever going to be the player that you want him to be. And you're just going to have to accept that. And he's not like I, I don't you he like he is what he is. He is a he is a great defensive player who is great in transition and he'll pro and he'll probably he's like he'll make the all star game almost every year. But how much better is he gonna make your team in the playoffs? And how much better is he going to make the Philadelphia 76ers? Because on offense, he does not help us. 
And especially when Embiid's not playing, when he's supposed to carry the load, when he's supposed to be the guy that carry the carry the load. It's all gets thrown on Toby. Then Toby's got to score all the all the points, and guys like Curry uh, and Shake have to score all of our points when he's not there. Not that shouldn't be a problem in the playoffs. But you're maybe what if they what if Embiid has a bad game or what if they figure out a way to stop Embiid in the half court? You know, the way Boston always seems to figure out how to stop these guys and make another guy beat you. What? What if that happens? How 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 you know how what do we do then? Even though we have owned Boston this year, we've absolutely dominated and owned the Celtics, which we should and we will continue to do for years to years to come. But I just don't like depending on the you know on Joel to do everything. I don't want him to be the only guy doing everything. It should be guy you know Ben could should be able to shoulder some of the burden. And attack offensively, or he. I don't know, man. It's but it's. I'm talk. I'm talking as I just gave you the positive mindset, right? Like the you know he he'll one day figure it out. We will figure it out. He'll grow. He's only twenty four, right? I think he's only twenty four. But it's that's not gonna happen. He's never gonna be a jump shooter. He's never gonna be able to pull up on mid range. He doesn't have any post moves. He's never. He doesn't really. He's not really a, a great dribbler of the basketball. He has trouble finishing at the rim. I'm. He is what he is. He is a borderline all star player. Who is not a great offensive player. He's just not. Was he averaging twelve points a game this year? Thirteen points a game. That's good. That's nice. That's Andre Iguodala. That is Andre Iguodala in his prime for the Sixers. And Iguodala was a way better offensive player than Ben Simmons is right now. There you go. Welcome to the hot take fucking hot box, dude. All right? That's just what it is at this point. And I'm not just saying that just for the fucking shock value. That's just, and, and now you, you hear a couple F-bombs come out. Because it, it gets me a little angry, okay? Because I have been calling this guy a fraud since the very beginning. Because I, I just think he is. Not because I want to be right, because I want to be wrong. I want this guy to be incredible. I want him to be like LeBron or whatever he was being compared to when he was coming up. I wanted, That's what I wanted. But it's not happening. It is not happening and it's not going to happen. I don't know what his what the best version of him is. Does he go somewhere and it, you spread the floor out and shooters? He's what he's like the center point guard and he he's running around throwing passes into people and he's averaging a triple double every game. Maybe, maybe, and he doesn't have to you know ever score. I guess I guess you need to score. He'll score ten points for his triple double. I just don't know. I don't know how he helps the Sixers in the playoffs when they start. When they start playing us in half court and he can't shoot and they're playing they're playing away from him and he doesn't know what to do, all he can do is cut and hope that someone finds him or hope that he can find a hole find a hole in the uh, in the defense because he's not going to be able to beat a defense. He has to hope that they just forget about him or because and he also is not just gonna he can't make layups he can't finish at the rim which I can't I just can't. I'm not. Even, I'm not gonna get that mad. I'm not. All right. I'm not gonna get that mad. But he, 
he's one of the most frustrating players I've ever had the uh, experience of dealing with in my, uh, I would say, 20 years of being a fan in this in this beautiful city of Philadelphia. I don't know what else there you want you want from us. I don't know what else. We've given you all the chances we can, and then we have all these people. You know, Harden gets traded for a uh, bunch of picks and Karis Levert and wh- whatever. I'm sure they would have traded Dinwiddie if they could have. Uh, but I thought I I always I always was on board for that Simmons for Harden for the sheer fact that I don't care what Simmons does when he gets to Houston. I know. He'll never be as good as Harden will be this season. And I know that's very short-sighted, but that is how you win championships. If you want to win a championship this year, you got to go all in. You got to get a you got to get a player that can that can put the ball in the bucket and help that guy. And and play a little defense. Cuz you're going to lose out on the defensive end. But you still do have Embiid in, in the in the paint to just, you know, Clean up some people's problems. I would have traded for Harden. At the end, it got a little too expensive. I won't lie. I'm not too I'm not holding that against them. I'm not too mad about that. But at a certain point, you're going to have to pull the trigger. They didn't want to trade for Kawhi. And you can argue whether, whether that was a good move or not. They didn't want to trade for Harden. It was a different regime, but they didn't want to trade for Harden. What do they do now? What is the move? Do you are you just gonna keep sitting on Ben Simmons and praying for him to become a good player while his value is just depreciating? While you watch him play these games and there are people are you can't you, you, you these these executives and these people making these trades they're watching the same games you are and they're seeing the same things that you are. You think they're gonna wanna they're gonna view him the way you viewed him in the past the way you know. They're going to want to make the same trades. You're going to get the same players. The only two guys left right now before, you know, that seem to be like move, you know, movable or want to be moved or unhappy, Bradley Beal and uh, Zach Levine. Those are the two guys. And I don't know what a trade for them looks like. I love Maxi too. I forgot to mention my man Tyrese Maxi. I think he will be a great player in the NBA. But is he, are you going to, see, the Harden trade, I may have done a maxi and, nah, maybe, I might have. Thibel, I'm 100% willing to include. Nothing again, these are, the, but there's a, you're going to have to trade good players to get great players. That's just, you, you can't just trade garbage for gold. Well, shout out to Mark Zuma, but you can't do that. You have to give up something to get something. So maybe maybe they'll make I don't know what a trade for that looks like I don't know what I'm willing to give up but those are the three players that it seems like everyone wants and I I you know you just have to, you got to consider making a move and how uh, Bradley Beal above Zach Levine obviously but you got to consider making a move you have you just have to Ben Ben has been given plenty of chance to make to make his mark and make sure that we don't want to trade him and it always cracks me up the day after he was like oh very excited to not be traded he like you know absolute mids how did they fare in the playoffs i had that written down here who knows right 
I mean, that's an absolute crapshoot question. But uh, I, right now, I'm very confident in them. I'm confident as long as Embiid keeps up the way. I mean, recently he's been playing. He's been unbelievable. Thirty and ten every game, and that's what we always thought he was. He's a, he's just an unbelievably talented player. So I mean, Ben Simmons is has a capability to not not be on his level, but to be to be his counterpart to help him. And he's just not doing it, and that that's that's very extremely frustrating. It's extremely frustrating, and I think you have to you just have to consider making the move. All right, moving on, moving on. Uh, get a little fills in here. Phil signed JT Real Muto. Uh, Klintak was right. He didn't sign him too early. He didn't didn't overpay. They waited for the market to you know kind of come back to them. Five years, one hundred fifteen million. You know, not a bad, not a bad move. Phillies, I, uh, I am very sour on. I, I have to admit, I don't have much positivity and things to say. I obviously love Bryce Harper, and I love some of the other players and moves that they've made. But with an owner who is just ch- cheap at every turn, and when their teams are good and they can be pushed to the next level, he's not shown me that he's willing to make trades and make the moves that are necessary i mean he they basically if they had let jt romuto walk they i I wouldn't have watched the team this year i'm not kidding because that would have just shown me that they're not willing they're not very even willing to put a competent baseball team on the on the field around a guy like bryce harper you promised you'd be fighting for world series every year you're just you're just leaving him out with slop but you know they didn't do that they kind of Helped them out a little bit. They got a little bit of bullpen help. Jesus Alvarado, I love him. Uh, and Archie Bradley, which is a pretty two good signings. We'll say, we'll say. I'm 100%. We'll say they got rid of Klintek, which I called for the on the old episodes. I I called called for his removal from his position for so many years because he just never he never grew or changed his philosophy, and the team never got better. So. How it's a definition of insanity. How many times can we do that the same thing and expect a different result? But uh, I did want to give him credit though. He was right about JT, and he, you know, we eventually did get a pretty solid deal for the quality of player that JT is. Catcher, he's an older catcher, but I, I feel like he has a, a good couple more years left in him, and I feel like he has some quality, quality baseball left. Uh, they got uh, Dave Dombrowski. For the for, I believe a, was he the president of baseball operations or one of the one of those positions? He had success, a lot of success. Uh, Red Sox, not so much. I'm pretty sure. I think he did win a World Series, but he like he like cleans teams out. I think he was with the Tigers. He had another run with another team. He's been in baseball. He's a baseball lifer, and just a guy who they uh, I trust to. Kind of rein things in and bring things back, you know. They this is still the same. It's still the same brigade in there, all right. This, the these are the same guys that, yeah, you know, McPhail and Klintex still in there. They're I don't have a, fool me once, shame on you. I'm fool me twice, you know. I'm not falling for it. I got to see the moves. I want to see guys like Bryce and Stott. I want to see the the prospects come up and just make a huge impact. I don't always want to be trading, you know, <clears throat> trading these guys, but we'll see. We will. The Phillies are 100%. We'll see. It's still January, and 
there's a lot more, uh, you know, it's almost February actually, but spring training's around the corner. You know, we'll see. We need a lot, a lot of we'll see there. So now to the UFC. UFC this weekend, McGregor versus Poirier. All right, let me take a little swig. Let me tell you, I was, I, I was uh, extremely upset and distraught on Saturday evening into going into Sunday. I just, I cannot believe. Not that this is what the thing is. I cannot believe that. Dustin Poirier did that to him. Dustin Poirier is a great fighter, and he was 100% capable of doing that, and everyone knew that going in. The people who actually watch fighting knew that that was, <clears throat> that was a possibility. He did not lose to a bum. I want to make that very, very, very clear. Dustin Poirier is a great mixed martial artist, and he's a great fighter. He puts it all together. He's got heart. He, you know, he can kick. He can, he can box. He can wrestle. He's got, you know, he's, I think he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He can do everything. He is a true blue mixed martial artist. And if he, you know, that that's that's that. But, all right, there's a big but. But if you're Conor McGregor and you're supposed to be the, you know, <clears throat> transcendent superstar, incredible, you know, striker, you just... You just cannot let I, I, I don't want to. It's easy for me to say you can't let that happen, but it just seems like the game plan was off again. That that's what bothers me. Like there was another another opportunity or instance where the game plan was bad, and that's two out of three. That's Khabib. That's the, and that's this fight, the Cerrone fight. Who knows? We didn't even get to see a game plan because it was so quick. This fight, he comes out. He's flat-footed, and he's like, and he's bo- 100% in a boxing stance. And, yeah, okay, he's a great boxer, and he's, you know, everything, everyone knows everything about McGregor's boxing. But what, ro- what brought him to success in, the, in MMA and what brought him to the dance was that karate stance, that sideways, where, where he was just laid on his feet, and he was able to bounce in and out and move quickly. All right? That's what got him to the dance. So he comes in on Saturday and he's flat footed and he's in a boxing stance. And he's like, and I guess he's like trying to sit down on his punches. And I guess that gives him more power. And he and he did. He had a pretty good first round. He did well on the feet. He got taken down. He got held up against the fence for a little bit. But he held his own. He held his own. But and he didn't even sit on the stool going into the second round, which you know, I was, I was like, damn, okay, like it looks like he's got some energy. It looks like he's ready to go. But what started to add up, dude, is those calf kicks. Those calf kicks beat his ass, and they just they just started to blow his calf up. And he it it just and this is hard to admit. And it just seems like when the the going gets tough, he just it just he's not able to you know come out of the darkness the way he was before. He's not able to fight you know I don't know, fight the uh, it's. He's like it's hard to say, but he seems like a front runner. And shout out to Ty Capone, Ty, you know, Ty Capone helped me. You know, he did this with me before. He 
it seems like when things are going well, he's the best. He's awesome. But when he gets pushed and when things are going bad and he's starting to get it put back on him now, not it's not how it used to be, but it seems like after the Mayweather fight, I don't know. I, that's how, That even sounds just crazy and asinine. But it just, I'm just, <clears throat> I guess I'm just more like, you know, just can't believe it, befuddled. Because losing is losing, but getting knocked out is another thing. Because he got, he got turned off. He got knocked out. His arm was stiff. He was laying, he was all, he was all shook. He was done. And, the, you know, coming back from that's going to be hard. That is going to be difficult. He got his leg brutalized. And then he couldn't move going back and forth. And he was just a, a, a stationary target. And Dustin started to light him up. Back and forth. Hook, hook. Either hand. He eventually caught him with a right hand. And he hit him with another shot on the ground that shut him out. And and that, that was it. That was the end of that. Now. Uh, where do you go from here is the question. Do who do you want to see him fight? Um, what, what even what what even is the next move? Because that that is just horrific. That was a horrific outcome. Losing, like I said, losing is losing. But that I think him getting knocked out is the worst worst possible outcome. Because he just got like it. Just that's just whether you look good in the first round or not. You got dominated. You got knocked out. Your leg was brutalized, and you and you walk and you got knocked unconscious. You got wrestled a little bit. What do you do from here? What is the, what is the next move? So he says he wants to fight soon. He wants to fight again. Who do you fight? Well, if I'm him, I want to fight Dustin right away. I want to right that wrong. How do you do that? I don't know. How is he going to beat him? Is he going to just going to change his fighting style again? I don't know. Probably not. So he probably will he win? Probably not, right? What insanity! You're not going to keep doing the same thing, and and you're going to expect a different result. The last time he fought him, he was throwing spinning back kicks to the body, and he just was giving him everything to think about. He got kicked with a couple leg kicks in that in that first fight, but they say it's a big difference with the southpaws. Just able to wrap that around, you know. If you're fighting your same stance fighter, orthodox orthodox southpaw southpaw. You're able to wrap that leg kick, kick him right in the calf, and it just starts blowing it up. Yeah. That's what happened, and that's what did it. What do you, how is he, what's the adjustment that you make? Yes. I don't know. Get out of the way or check them, like John Cavanaugh said? Probably. Easier said than done. What, what changes? That's what I want to know. And, and if you're going to fight him in May... How are you going to win the fight? That's what you have to convince me of before I I even get involved. Or what are you going to inactivity? That's not a good enough excuse. What's the what's the like? I need a reason to believe that you're going to be the be the guy you told us you're going to be, or you're going to make this run that you said you were going to you were going to make. Well, I I want to I want to see it, and I, I want I want I want some give me something. Cause I'm a huge fan, dude. I get I get revved up for those fights. If you watch the podcast, there used to be the uh, right there. Used to, where that sign is used to be uh, the flag, the Irish flag. I, I I took it. I I have I have it. It's not like I'm not proud to be Irish still, but 
I just took it down off the podcast because I was like, he's still up there though. He's where is he? He's oh god, I can't even get. He's right there. But you know, shout out to my girlfriend Riley. She got me all that stuff. She's the best. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I just, what do you do, man? You know, what do you do? You fight Diaz again. Uh, I mean, hey, that'd be exciting. That'd be fun. But what does that prove? What does that prove to anyone? You beat him. I mean, maybe if you knock him out. But if you beat him, everyone's just going to say, look, look, look who he's fought. And he's just a punching bag and la, 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 la. Even if that's true or not. So you want to fight Dustin again. And if if I'm Dustin, I don't want to fight you again. I have nothing to prove against you. I just knocked you out. I want to go fight for the title or... I don't, I don't know what the what the the situation is with the title or you know Habib or if he's gonna fight again or if he's gonna fight after next year in the fall. They're gonna keep going on. So and I expect an interim title pretty soon. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's Dustin or Dustin and Oliveira. That would be that would be probably the most likely. And I could see Gaethje fighting. Gaethje, I think Gaethje and McGregor would probably be a good matchup. Just, just fun. I don't know how he beats him. Like, the the like, you know, the the there's the different difference with the leg kicks with the orthodox. So, yeah, I, I didn't know uh, this is new to me. I didn't know this was going to be a weakness or a talking point on this thing. Yeah, you know, we used to talk about the shoulder strikes. He hit him with a couple of them, but we didn't know we we're going to call this calf kicks. I might start calling my podcast calf kicks. God, that hurt. Uh, Co- uh, you know, I'm not going to spend all of my time on McGregor. He, it, the f- a fight will materialize. I hope that they don't keep him shelved. I hope that they let him fight soon, and I hope that he can like come, right, right this wrong. I don't want him to see him fight if it's going to be like this. I want him to retire if if it's if it's just going to be you know bo- like boxing stances and. You know, I I don't know. It just didn't. That didn't seem like the Connor that I know, where he just comes in with a killer mentality, and I I don't know. It just seemed like a it seemed like a different guy, and he didn't seem like the kind of guy who's gonna be the you know find find that same success that he did before. Because obviously, like I just said, he's different. He's just he's just different. So. That's that. Uh, the co-main was awesome. Chandler and Hooker, uh, two two underdogs, both won. Uh, Poirier was a big underdog, like two plus two forty, two fifty. Uh, Chandler was a little less; it was like plus one thirty, if I remember. But Chandler knocks him out in the first round. Hooker looked terrible. Chandler looked awesome. Hooker just looked like he didn't know what to do or what to expect. He was constantly moving left to right, backing up, backing up, trying to like go to the go to the lead hand, like, on that side, but he eventually got caught, like, I believe it was, like, a fake takedown kind of, like, right hand over the top to just shut him off and just finish, he finished him with a flurry. That's the guy that I'm not I'm not remembering. I wasn't just talking about right there. Chandler, what do you do with Chandler? What do you do with any of those guys that are in the top of, the, of that division? Even a guy like Ferguson and... RDA and Islam Magachev. There's so many guys coming up. So many beasts. There's so many fights to make. 
It's very exciting. I just like that's why I hope that they give Connor a fight because it doesn't have to like he just has to prove to again doesn't have to be against a big name or Diaz or they don't have to do that. They can always do the Diaz fight at the end if they want to. They just right now he has to prove to me that he can fight a legitimate contender at at one fifty five and he can he can hang at least. That's it's not even about dominating. I just want to see him hang. If you want to continue to fight. If you want to do what you said you were going to do, then do it. It's That's not over now. Just because you lost. The Khabib fight, that's probably dead now. That that was the only, that was the big, the big hurrah, like, uh, thing that, that hurt. Because I always wanted to see that, that fight again. But I guess it wouldn't have mattered. Because he would have gotten, if he comes in like that, he's going to get absolutely starched. But the wrestling looked, his wrestling looked pretty good. He was able to get back to his feet. I'm, hey, I'm done. I forgot. Done done on Connor. Done. Okay. So the the chan- like like I said, I'm I'm going to the old phone for uh a little bit of I want I want to see that card again. Yeah, you had um, you had Joanne Calderwood beating Jessica I, which was, you know, I expected Jessica I. I think is a fraud. Calderwood's good enough to hang in the top in the top of that division. She her last loss was to Maya Jennifer Maya, who just went and fought Shevchenko, who she had a good you know a good round against her, which is crazy to say like that's like a you know a feather in your cap, but Shevchenko doesn't lose many rounds. So when that happens, you gotta give gotta give her credit. Uh, Mahmud Muradov, um, probably gonna butcher some of these names on here, but he uh, he knocked out Andrew Sanchez, turned him into like the you know he was doing like the chicken dance, which was pretty cool. Um, not, not pretty cool for him because it's brain trauma, but uh, pretty cool for my parlay, which kept it alive at that point. Uh, Marina Rodriguez knocked out Amanda Hebas, which was pr- a big shocker. Amanda Hebas was a big favorite. And uh, she she came out to ship it up to Boston, use them hands, dust her off. Uh, she got dominated in the first round on the ground, but you know it just goes to show you that fight always starts on the feet. You always have a chance. Uh, a little bit of those prelim prelim card, um, Sarukian, yeah, beef for Vola. That was like the mate, the kind of like put together fight out of um, after uh, Ottoman Azaitar. There was a whole drama this weekend about him sneaking and smuggling some guy into the bubble at the Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. And the guy giving him a bag and all sorts of stuff. He got he got cut from the roster. He endangered a ton of people, endangered the whole event from happening, but lost his job over it. So, you know, tease and peace to that guy. Make better decisions. Uh, Brad Tavares, he beat Shoeface Antonio Carlos Jr., which... Well, that was another one that I had. Um, I'm going to toot my own horn here because I'm going to start making picks on here. Uh, I don't think that there's a fight next weekend, but going into the, um, I believe it's Volkov and Overeem, which is a heavy heavyweight main event. I look forward to uh, making some picks before that, a little, little gambling action. Um, I love betting on the UFC. I think it's fun. 
I have a ton. I have a ton of fun doing that. So I plan on doing that again, and making those videos beforehand, and just trying to get get a little bit of uh, action. Uh, Juliana Pena submitted Sarah McMahon. I had Sarah McMahon. She was wrestling and winning that whole time, but then you know at the very end, not the very end, but it was get it was getting towards the end. It was third round, third round submission. Uh, light heavyweight was Cleo Roundtree, who stinks, versus Marcin Pracino, who won, who's like plus 300, and I had that, luckily. But it all didn't matter because I lost all my money on Connor anyway. So so you uh, take take some of my uh, lower card bets always. I'm pretty good at the lower card. Well, uh, it feels like the main event. I had Holloway, Chiesa. And then this, this, I guess that's not all the time, but it's just this code, this, this event, I got smashed. That McGregor, McGregor, I, I bet too much of my heart. Should have never done that. And, well, we'll be better next time. So, uh, yeah, Holloway was awesome a, a couple weekends ago. So was the Chiesa and Magni fight. Uh, I had Chiesa in that, like I said, but I just thought that if it's going to happen, if they're going to wrestle and they're going to go back and forth, then. Yeah, you know, on the on the ground in the grappling department, that I thought Kiesa was going to win that, and he did. But uh, he Magni seemed like he was because he Magni seems like he like uh, defaults to grappling, and when you that's your thing, and you go and you want to be like a grappler, you you it's hard to, um, I I guess change the game plan and go and go to the striking, even if you are the better striker. But he was getting popped by Kiesa. I feel like Kiesa, when he hit him, it was hurting him. But uh, I'll, I, you know, there's plenty of time to uh, talk you, you know, UFC and whatnot in the future because there's a ton of great events coming up. Uh, like I said, that there's a weekend off, and then um, going into next week, we'll talk about the uh, Overeem and Volkov fight and uh, some of the other main events that are coming up in February because. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of good. There's the the Usman Burns fight, which is going to be awesome, and then there's a the, there's a couple of like just great title fights. And I think they're in March. Jan Blahovich is fighting uh, Izzy Adesanya, the Ortega and um, Volkanovski, Ngannou and uh, Stipe Miocic. It's just the the we're chock full. We got a ton. We got a ton of action going on, and. I, I can't wait to talk about it, and I can't wait to continue to do these and uh, talk more about it. This is the conclusion of the Hot Take Hot Box, and uh, I hope, you know, one day I'm, uh, I hope this show evolves and continues to grow, and I uh, hope I'm ha- I have co-hosts and just people to do this with, because I love talking sports, and, I'm, and I love, I just love talking to people and talking and hearing stories and hearing things and just... I think it's great. I think it's the greatest, we- uh, not weapon, but just tool we have as people's are is our ability to use our voice. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me. I am Matt McSweeney. This is the Hot Take Hot Box. Thank you.